Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of The Real Estate Show here on 830 WCCO. Chris and Andy in studio with a special guest whom we'll find out uh, who, who, who she is. Yeah, the mystery it's a person. She. It's a yep. she. And I, I always like to ask, uh, first of all, hi, guys. Good to see you. Good morning. Uh, how was your week since we've talked last? It's fantastic. In what way? It's a good week. Because um, basically my whole staff like went out of town and it was just me. <laughs> so it was nice so, and quiet. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> the opposite. I had to you do everything. Busy, it was kind of yeah. fun again. Well, and I kind of felt like I don't have a social life. I was out till about seven o'clock last night resetting signs for the parade because they all blew over and the oh the wind the, yeah that and that. Uh, How about that, that wicked snowstorm that came last night? Yeah, it was wicked. Yeah. Did yeah. it? Well, oh, they did. Oh yes, southwestern oh, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, seven inches or more. Yeah, absolutely. So there. Just didn't see any around here. But you had a good week too, Andy. Yeah. Besides actually, that, yeah, it's been good. It's a. Uh, the, the spring preview that's out there by the Builders Association that, you know, there's, you know, over, I think it's 400-some properties out there open, it just stimulates people to start thinking and dreaming. And that that's the kind of the fun thing about our business is it's the positive side of the business. Because, you know, you always hear about that somebody died or somebody got divorced and they had yeah. to move or whatever, or they're losing their house because they lost a job. This is the fun side of the business where you get to dream, you get to see the ideas, the creativity starts going. It also stimulates a ton of remodeling. And so what happens like, they've got the Remodeler Showcase this weekend as well starting up. But we thought, hey, we would have a show today talking a little about how do you get your house ready to sell, but also talking about how do you maybe just spruce up the house you already have so you can enjoy living oh, yeah. there and, uh, you know, just optimism. Yeah, a lot of people call it staging, you know, and getting your house ready. I, I call it positioning, mm-hmm. that we're positioning your home for sale. But uh, I think you're right on. I've had, I mean, over the years where we've gone in and had the stagers come in and, and kind of – Maybe repurpose some rooms or, mm-hmm. or move some things around, and they can do stuff with nothing. You know how they take a oh, vase yeah. and a couple stones and a, some sticks and put it together. <laughs> right. It's like, oh my gosh, that looks awesome. But I've had, I have had in my career where three people have changed their mind wow. from selling because it looks so good, and they're like, oh my gosh, that we just never knew how to use the home. Well, and we're in the people helping business, so so good for them. You know what I mean? It's like it's one of those things where. Of course, we make our living when people move and, and when they buy. But the thing is, is that it, it comes down to where we want our, our homeowners that we've helped to be happy, maximize the enjoyment of that property, utilize everything that they can. And then, you know, like I said, sometimes repurposing. We talked about this a couple of weeks back where we were talking about like that front dining room. Yeah. that Maybe that that particular couple doesn't use. Um, they repurpose that room, you know, use it as a game room. They use it as an office. They make it a multifunction. They maybe even put it on the, I don't even know if they make it anymore, the Murphy wall bed style you know, with also now it's a guest room too. So it's like there's multi-purpose rooms um, that are out there, and yeah. yeah. And I think too. I mean, when we talk about staging, I think what it, what it used to be is it's like, oh, someone's going to come in and put new furniture in, and mm-hmm. you know, and put all nice stuff in. And it's so much more than that, yeah. you know. And and it really depends, uh, in, in my opinion, that we have to determine who our buyers are, you know, yeah. and kind of like those three people that stayed there. You know, those were really my buyers for that house, right. but they didn't know how to use that house. And so what we're trying to do is show them how to use that house and to be able to create the most value. So there might be a, a room that you use as a, it's the greatest toy room in the world, mm-hmm. but 
in reality, you know what? That could be a perfect music room right. for someone in a house that's probably over 700000 Yeah. And so you can repurpose that stuff. You know, interesting you say that. We were uh, a couple weeks back here. We were out in Las Vegas at the International Show for Remax, and they actually had a company out of New Zealand that actually will take those photos. So let's say you have a vacant house. We've hired these guys where they'll come in there and they'll repurpose it as a piano room. They can actually put the the it's uh, the CGI kind of you know they'll put stuff in the rooms that's actually not really there. Oh, interesting. Virtual oh. staging. Computer generated. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and they can even help with that that picture where the house just doesn't have that pizzazz. They can do the uh, where they'll actually play with the coloring on it so that it actually will show that house in the best light possible. So those are some of the things that I think that as as Chris and I always say. Your first showing, Denny, is online. By That's bar. true. And it's then your, your second showing is when they show up at the open house or with their agent and they do a showing. So that first impression to get them to click, I call it the eye candy. We want them to click on stuff because if you have ugly photos, they're not going to click. The, right. And I see that's the biggest mistake probably with the for sale by owner crowd is they do their own photos on their iPhone and they upload it and they think, oh, this is easy. It's going to sell quick. And then they don't get any offers. And then they sit for three months. And then then they're now all the people watching them list yeah. will wait and wait till they start dropping the price. And, you know, it's, it's just you put yourself at a disadvantage. You want to spend the right amount of money on the front end investing, in, right. and uh, that's what I think the show's about today. Yeah. Well, I also want to invite our listeners to join in. If you have a real estate question, uh, we'll uh, accept the phone call. That's 651-989-9226. Or if you want to send us uh, your text message, that's 81807. Yeah, so it's going to be the do's and don'ts of staging today. Mm. Karen Galler with Show Homes Minneapolis. Uh, Show Homes uh, does a ton of stuff around the uh, the metro area, um, and I think it's kind of interesting, Karen. Maybe you can explain. There's there's different types of staging or stages to staging, and uh, a lot of people think, like I said, just bring all the furniture in. But it's it's a there's a lot more to it. Exactly. There's a, um, just depends too if if they're going to be living in the home or if it, if they're going to move out of the home and it'll be vacant. But the very first thing you want to do is just really kind of have a consultation of what. Uh, what should be done to get that house ready to go on the market. And it could mean just a lot of decluttering, a lot of depersonalizing. Um, and it also could mean painting, carpeting, some you know new granite countertops. And Let me ask you about that, depersonalizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I talk about that a lot. And I think, I mean, you can tell me, but in, in my opinion, I think a lot of people want to know who's lived there, you know, but they, they don't want the wall of fame. You know, from age three months to six months to nine months to a year, all the way through high school, then plus their grandkids. Exactly. Exactly. I, I talk to people about, you know, maybe you want to keep one or two pictures of your home because it's, if it's a family home and it, it just kind of gives it a good feeling. But I tell people don't don't keep your, your pictures up as art. A lot of people have, you know, really large, beautiful portraits that they love of their family. But when someone else is going to be coming through that house to look as a buyer – they want to envision themselves living there, and they don't want to be thinking as much about that. Well, I think, Andy, don't you, when we're walking and, mm-hmm. and going through houses, I mean, so many times you, people stop and they're staring at those photos and say, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, that, that girl's so beautiful. I wonder who that, you know, who did that photo for him? And they're thinking about that rather than the, the railing they're supposed to be looking at or the fireplace. Right, or that casino-sized framed picture of your self-portrait, like in your foyer. Yeah. That confuses There's people. Only three of them. So it's not bad. <laughs> we had to do that shoulder. to get the full body. Yeah. You mean the one with the crown? Yes, yes, okay. yes. He's waiting for that the whole time. <laughs> I was over here dying. He's giggling, I would... and I'm like, what's he doing? I'm sorry, He's guys. No, but something. you're right. I think that what happens, too, a lot of our buyers nowadays are inner city, you know, moving. They live in Andover. They're moving to Andover. And what they're doing is they're upgrading, for an example, in the same city. So, 
oh, I know those guys from hockey or I know them from, you know, uh, volleyball or whatever it is. And so then you, you li- oh, we're buying their house. And I think that that's the thing that we want to make sure to, to let that be their new house, not your old house that they're buying. Maybe that's a little part of it too. Perfect. Exactly. I think that's a great way to say it. They want to see themselves living there. They want to think about how their family is going to live there. And it's, it, you know, they're kind of projecting themselves kind of, you know, it's just kind of that perfect, uh, perfect growing up for their children or whatever it is, but they don't want to, they don't want to be thinking about someone else. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I, I think that's perfect. I think the way you stated it too, that don't use those photos in, in place of art. Exactly. You know, because that's the kind of colors. But so, so as far as art goes, what do we want to use? I mean, if we don't, if we don't have anything and the slate's kind of clean and let's just say you're coming in to put all those photos up, what, what are we going to use for art? Right. We're going to use some kind of more depersonalized type of art where it's it's um, a landscape or just a real um, simple, uh, um, non-specific type of art. But we want some color and some, you know, some, uh, you know, a nice frame can just make it look so so beautiful on the wall. But we really want to showcase the house. We're not trying to make it about the art. Um, you know, same for the furniture. We're never trying to make it about the furniture. We're trying to make it about the house and showing how that house looks the very best. But for art, it looks great if you have, you know, a set of three or one big piece. And you want to make sure you're hanging it right also. A lot of people don't hang things exactly at the right level. Um, just one little tip is uh, you always want the middle of the piece of art to be 58 inches from the middle of that piece should be 58 inches from the ground. And uh, hmm. it's kind of an interesting, interesting little tip. But a lot of people don't hang their art appropriately. So is that when you're doing a, a major sized photo or a uh, you know portrait, and or if you have a uh, if you have a collage, what do you do with a, like a collage? We have several, three, four. Do you use the main one at that, and then you kind of like? Yeah, I think that's a good way or? to say it. I think um, just when you're doing collage, I mean that's a, a you know a different type. But I think that that's a great way to say it is you start that with that kind of center one, mm-hmm. and then you're kind of building off of that and. Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of nice to have a little standard on how to uh, how to hang it. Is that the same? Is that the same thing hold true with uh, hanging light fixtures? There's a there's levels that are more correct than others. I've read. That's true. That is yeah. true. And uh, I mean, you know, for example, your light fixture above your dining room should be centered right above your dining room table. But you know, if it's if it's impeding your vision, yeah, that's that's inappropriate. Um, if you have a foyer light, a lot of times you want to have mm-hmm. it hanging right where the, the um, window opening is. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. All right. We have to take a break. Again, inviting our listeners to join in if you have a real estate type of question. 651-989-9226. Or send a text, 81807. 31 degrees and overcast, heading for 39. You stay tuned to CCU. Another reminder, five days Opening season for Minnesota Twins baseball. And good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on 830 WCC. If you want to ask a question of our guests, our guys, 651-989-9226. We're getting text messages, as you guys can see, too, uh, 81807. Can I ask this one? Let's do it. All right, because it's related to what we're talking about. Could bad staging kill a house sale? Yeah, we're here with Karen Geller, Show Homes Minneapolis, and... uh, I think all of us would uh, have the same answer on this one. How about you, Karen? I would say a big yes. Oh, there you go. I say a big yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's why most houses don't sell is because the staging is bad. Um, yeah. It's, uh, um, I mean, there, there could be other problems, obviously, but if you look at a house and it's been on the market for a while, a lot of times it has older furniture. It's not mm-hmm. shown right. It's cluttered. 
um, just a lot of pieces and parts of it aren't put, all pulled together, and it's not it's not appealing to buyers. Price or how it's presented. Yeah. Oversized yeah. furniture is a huge one we see where you know they've got the fifteen kids, so they need that huge dining room table, but. When you're trying to sell that house, now that makes that part of the house feel really small. So appropriately sizing, I think, is that's probably one of the key things back in the day. I don't know if they still do this or not, but there used to be a company locally here that made scaled furniture that was 75% of normal size. So that in these model homes, they would actually have furniture in these models, and they would actually look like, oh, my gosh, look at how everything fits perfect. And you never sat in it. You never really realized it. But is that something that, you know, is that still being done? I mean, or where? Scaling the furniture size back a little bit, well, or what's going uh, on? I mean, definitely in some of our staging, we've we have used um, you know more of an apartment sized sofa or the appropriate appropriately sized uh, chair. You can't you can't do the oversize, especially in small spaces. Like if you have some of these you know Minneapolis homes, you mm-hmm. cannot be putting this oversized oversized um, furniture in there. If you have a lot of square footage, it can handle it. But if you have a small space and you have oversized furniture, it probably isn't looking on trend anymore. Well, and I think sometimes I've seen you guys use where they'll do cafe height where it's, you know, a little taller and, and so it's a smaller table, but it's taller, which gives the illusion that the floor space is bigger. And that, you know, another idea. But, but that also hits on that whole eye level thing that you're talking about in your vision. Mm-hmm. I was talking about a house that I had sold um, previously, and now these new buyers are going to sell it again. And they decorated differently, you know, from what it was. But it was one of those high tables and then with kind of a big plant on it. And, you mm-hmm. know, and this, you kind of came down, and that's the first thing you kind of saw. Now there's a pool table there instead, and my eyes just shot right over it, and it looks like it's so much bigger. And it's just a subtle little thing like that. And that's what staging really is. Right. I think it's just, you know, showcasing that space the best way possible and, and allowing someone to look at the space, not just your not just your furnishings. Mm-hmm. That's important. You guys have talked about this before, and a texter just sent this in. Is it all right to load up the garage in order to clear up the clutter? I, I, first of all, clearing up the clutter is is 100% what you need to do. It's It's best to be gone. But mm-hmm. if it has to go in the garage, that's probably second best. That Yeah, that's agree? probably better. But, you know, again, you said identify your buyer. If you've got a really cool garage with a lot of space for doing, you know, other projects, you know, from auto body to woodworking to whatever, that, you know, that new buyer might come in there and go, finally, the garage of my dreams, you probably don't want to fill it up with a bunch of boxes from the house because that buyer might be buying your house because of the garage. Spend the money. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, and that's what I tell a lot, a lot of people, hey, decluttering, you know, oh, we don't have time, don't want to, you know, we got to work and stuff like that, then hire it done. If you don't mm-hmm. want to hire it done, you take vacation and do it because mm-hmm. it's that important. You can make thousands and thousands and thousands of more dollars by doing it right. And if, like Andy said, that's a perfect example there. You know, you throw it into the garage, and the thing is, if it's a three-car garage and maybe a smaller three-car mm-hmm. garage, you know, that could start thinking to them like, oh, my gosh, you know, if, if it's impeding on the second car, mm-hmm. you know, we can only fit one car in the garage. Right. They, don't, they don't think like, oh, they just put all their boxes in there. They think they don't have enough room inside. So that's why they put it in out in the garage, and now I can't use my garage. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I always tell people, keep everything as, as close as possible to the edges of the garage um, and, and have it as tidy as possible so that you can see if it is a three-stall, that you could have the three-stall, you know, three cars in there. Mm-hmm. How, about, how about storage rooms? What do you suggest on storage rooms? So it's next to the mechanical room or part of the mechanical room. Yeah, so... Well, one thing, it's kind of funny. It's like you kind of almost forget about those spaces, but as much as possible, again, to have things against the walls, do not have it in the walkway areas so that it, because that makes it feel smaller. 
And if you can get rent, you know, there's all these different types of types of things where you can get a storage area or some sort of a, a, a pod or something like that. Get, if you can just get it out of there, it's going to be so much better. Tell you what, I know we take a break. We have callers on the line. We have other texters. Uh, we should answer some questions, too. If you do have a real estate question, 651-989-9226, and we'll grab a call or two when we come back and uh, pick up some text messages as well. By the way, that text number is 807. In the Twin Cities here on CCO, it's 31 degrees. We will uh, take a quick break and be back with uh, that forecast and more of the real estate here on 830-WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show. If you do happen to have that kind of a question, send it in by text. That's 81807. We have a bunch of those. Or call us, 651-989-9226. Chris and Andy, for those folks that uh, maybe joined us a little uh, bit late, who did you bring with you? We got Karen Galler with Show Homes Minneapolis. And so they do a ton of different uh, levels of staging. And uh, she's here being our our experts and see if Andy and I are right or not. (laughs) Well, we just to be right, we just have to follow behind this lady. I mean, yeah, my exactly. goodness. Yeah. So, well, we got lots of text yeah. questions. And, you know, one came in earlier, and I don't know if you guys want to comment on this or not. Uh, they love the show. Thank you for that. Uh, could your guests comment or thoughts on these companies out there buying ugly homes? I think we've heard the commercials. Mm. Yeah, we have. And there's, there's quite a few people out there that are doing that. And I guess an ugly home would be just something that's in, in need of repair. Uh, that people are purchasing, and then, I mean, that's where your flips come from or your renovations. Yeah, and I mean, don't kid yourself. I mean, they already put it in the name, so you're already psychologically breaking it down in your head that you're selling something that nobody wants, it's ugly, nobody wants it. So then you're prepared for the offers. I'll just tell you, that if you want to sell your house wholesale, there's a lot of people out there in the Twin Cities that would pay more than wholesale because they want an opportunity to get into a neighborhood that, you know, they can have a chance to build that equity themselves. I don't know if you need to go to a company like that. I think most real estate agents that you could talk to actually have the ability to put you in line with somebody that would be mm. able to perform and probably fetch you quite a bit more um, for that same property in the exact same condition, dirty, clean, whatever. And I mean, there's more ads on the radio for that than there are for legitimate radio. Well, I, I think uh, a lot of those don't even hit guys. the market. You know what I mean? Because no, there's they don't. people looking for them all well, the time. I, I get it. You want the easy out, right? You're just, I'm done with it. Right. Maybe you inherited the house. Maybe, you know, somebody passed away. You're just, I just, here's the, here's the house. Take it. Go. I get it, but why leave forty, fifty thousand dollars on the table? But that's the point. I mean, the the point is, is I totally agree with you. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but there is other people in circumstances that that want to do that, and it's kind well, of obviously. like, hey, we can give you all the information, then you got to make the decision, you know. But I think a lot of times there's another question about here uh, about realtors on each side communicating with each mm-hmm. other, but that's I, I think a lot of times the realtors too much want to, it's it's what they want, not what the seller wants or the buyer needs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, uh, we can give them all the information that you want, you know, and it's the right information, but ultimately they make that decision. Here's what you guys believe. And I know from past shows, a te- texter says recently sold our house. Cannot stress how important it is that the buyers and sellers realtor are communicating. That's who's talking for yeah. you. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's who's representing you. And I think a lot of times, Andy, don't you find in negotiations, I mean, it can kind of turn kind of ugly, you know, depending on how the realtors are using their clients. Yep. You know, if it says, you know, my client says your house is really ugly and this is why they only want to sell this. Well, they're totally offended. Yeah. I mean, from a buyer's, you don't you don't want to say that. 
Yeah, I think you got to be careful. I mean, you want to give your licensed real estate professional very specific language that you want to be shared with the opposite side of the party because um, you don't want to necessarily divulge your motivation. Obviously, that's a, a big problem. And I think that what it comes down to is that expectations. What are the expectations of both party, and can you achieve that or not? And that's are they are you realist are you realistic? I mean, or are you unrealistic? You know, and that, a lot of that comes down to price, condition, um, all of that comes into play there. So. When you actually have um, a, uh, where I see the problems, Denny, this is it drives me crazy is 90 percent of the time when there's a problem at closing, it's over personal property or, you know, this is this appliance isn't working that we're leaving behind or it was yesterday, but it isn't today. Or the you said you'd leave the pool table for fifty dollars. Now, sudden we're negotiating personal property. We're not even getting paid on it. And it's, it's just <laughs> I wish people would just not have that in the purchase agreements at all. And and there wouldn't be because it's perception, you know. Do they perceive they're they're being taken advantage of, sure. or do they think they're getting a good deal? And anyway, so that's I, I wish people just get the personal property out of it. Here's a texter that says, "What is the cost of staging, or is it included in the selling fee?" It's a great question, Karen. Why don't you hit on what the cost of the different types of staging would be? Sure. So, uh, like an upfront consultation for us is two hundred fifty dollars. That has a written consultation. But if you're going to bring in furniture, we usually do it by the room, by the month. Um, and then there also are options where you can pay at closing. But um, so, and I don't know if you want to talk about it from the real estate agent standpoint. Yeah, well, I mean, typically, I mean, a, a staging consultation, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the agents will include that or recommend someone in which to do it. Everything, I mean, when it comes to like commission, I mean, it's, yeah. it's negotiable. And everything was You're different. probably not getting a staging consultation thrown in if somebody's, you know, discounting, you know, because the, the part of it is, is this. But here's what I would say beyond that, kind of to focus on why would a real estate agent sitting in front of you suggest a consultation with a stager? Because you need it. And even if they don't want to admit it, they st- remember, they're still applying for a job with you. So they're trying to get you to like them. So they don't want to insult you. They'll say, hey, we'll just have the stager come in and give you all the bad news. I'm smiley faced and happy to be here. And it's 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 a partnership that actually works fantastic. You know, having a stager that's honest with the client, not insulting, but honest. And here, here's the 20 things that could be done. Let's get these top five done so that we can, you know, actually get Chris the, the property and condition that it'll sell for top dollar. It, it, it's really advantageous to do it. How about the people that say, you know what, Karen, I, I still want to live here. I mean, I, this can't be like a model home and I, I, I got to be able to sit on the furniture and stuff like that. How about keeping some of those things that they, they like, some of those personal items? I mean, is there a way to maybe shift them around or put them different places or what do you do? Sure. Yeah. Usually when we're going through and talking in a consultation about that, they'll say the kinds of things they want. A lot of times, a lot of times people have too many things. So a lot of the suggestions will be, you know, removing certain pieces so that there's more flow through the room. But um, it, it's different how people live functionally in a house than when it's on the market. And a lot of times I'll say, well, um, maybe you want to have that out, but just during showings, just put it away. So that that's a good way to handle that. Yeah, and I think with pets too, that's another thing. You know, hey, mm-hmm. some people have pets. I mean, most people have pets, but you don't really want to just throw it in their face and have the litter box right in the middle of the kitchen. I agree. I usually suggest to people to if they can take their pet with them on showings, <laughs> and then kind of minimize the you know the pet uh, you know items all over the house and have it you know maybe in the garage or something like that. But yeah, not in the kitchen. That would be better. Oh, the crazy cats. 
I mean, seriously, those cats. I, are the- I, I'm personally not a. I would never. <laughs> I, I, I nothing wrong with cats. I just would never have one as a pet. But when I'm showing houses, they are so awesome because. They'll hide, and they'll just see their face, and they'll, they'll look at you, and then they'll disappear. And then they're on your other shoulder when you turn around the other way. They're fantastic. Well, I've had other cats that, like, get you at the bottom of the stairs, and they're sitting there, like, ready to pounce. Yep. And I'm like, oh, man, how do we get out of here? I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Some of those things. The mouse and the elephant. Uh, tell you what, let's go to the phones. Ross in Richfield has a question. Ross, what is your question, please? All right. Well, I have a house, and I'm in the process of selling it right now. For, it's a, we've been in it 52 years. And uh, it's a nice old house with some good bones, but I got a hold of that disclosure form I have to fill out. It's quite extensive. And they talk about the well in the basement. And there was a well, obviously, sometime, way before I was involved, 52 years ago. And it's on a ledge down in the basement in the utility room. Uh, But it's all concrete. The well is, wherever it is, is gone. Yeah. And now do I have to, I can't find any record of that, and neither could the realtor. And they say, now I probably have to have a well guy come in. I hope he's not going to break up the entire basement or something. Just to- yeah, and they and they do that. You need a well disclosure certificate, mm-hmm. and uh, typically you go through the, the Department of Health, and they'll have something. If they don't have anything there, you've got to call a well guy to come out there and be able to try to find it because they have to have that certificate with the house. I wonder if the city would have any records of permits being pulled back way back. A lot of them don't way back when okay. on that. And then okay. we've had that, I've had that problem um, before and uh, it's, it's amazing what those, those well people can do and what mm-hmm. they've seen. Um, I don't well, think they're not going to rip up your whole floor. No, but I mean, you there's know, there's a the spot old, it's usually in. It was under that front step. The, the glass block that's on the front step of some houses, you right. walk up and go, why do they do that? That's because they can break that glass block. They can get their well down in there. They can redrill. They can adjust whatever. Then they put the glass block back. And so oh. a lot of times it's under your front stoop, especially if you have that spooky little like alcove or whatever in the basement that sticks in there. That's usually where they hide that that's well. Yeah. Huh. Texter says, um, "Hi, I have a three bedroom Rambler with one and a half baths in Coon Rapids. I need to redo the main bath, and would like to know if I replace the bathtub with just a large walk-in shower." Would that take away from value of the house and deter someone from buying it? Okay, so that they're basically taking their only tub out and just making it a shower. Mm. What do you all think? With three bedrooms? Three bedrooms, yep. Yeah, so you probably have a chance for little kids being in the future of that. that. Well, you have sinks. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. I'd like to see you fit in a sink. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, I, well, I know I wouldn't. But anyway, the, uh, yeah, so with kids around, I think. Laundry if, tub, maybe. Well, if you're yeah. identifying your future buyers being, you know, that maybe the uh, single parent or the, you know, young family with a baby, they're going to want to see a tub. And, and so you might put yourself at a little bit of a disadvantage. Now, if you sell it to the young professional that doesn't have the young family yet, maybe there's not a big deal. Yeah, I think it, that is, it's a. I think sometimes, though, you, you get into a house like that in a three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath in, in Coon Rapids, typically probably a little older, more vintage, that you put a new bathroom in there and it's got the big walk-in shower. I think that might mm-hmm. entice a bunch of people like, oh, my gosh, look at that, and then maybe get past that. Because a lot of people, I mean, it's typically for small I mean, small kids that you're worried about, right? Yep. You know, and, and in that tub, and I, I don't know. What do you think? No, I get it. Some yeah. people say a shower is way cleaner, you know, than a, than a tub. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of the same thing like uh, in hotels, you know, they kind of decided back and forth, do they need those anymore? But it is much more of a trend to have a good shower. But if it's the only bathroom, and it's, it's I think it's if it's a family area, I would tend toward wanting to keep mm-hmm. a tub there. 
You know, and I'm shocked all the time. We do new construction frequently, and there's a lot of these master bathrooms. And these, it doesn't matter the price range, it could be from 300 to a million three. They they will a lot of times replace the bathtub and put in an amazing walk-in tile shower, multiple heads, and actually it's a beautiful thing, and everybody loves it. Um, and and but you know what? Then you'll get that one buyer that'll come along and say, you know what? I'd really like to have a tub. What I am seeing though is I'm seeing more soaker tubs than I'm seeing like the jacuzzi tubs. And I think everybody thinks, oh, I need to put in the jacuzzi tub. I don't think you do. I think you just need to have a big oversized tub that's a soaker tub and make sure that you have the appropriately sized water heater so that you actually can fill the tub up with hot water. Because a lot of times if you have a 40-gallon water heater and you have an 80-gallon tub, do the math. Yep. You know how people use their tubs, too, and it's probably once every two months, and you get one of those jacuzzi tubs. The stuff that comes out of those little things after two months is, I mean, you gotta you got to get all that stuff out before you can take a bath. So Okay. Well, Put that, the shower in. That, <laughs> I'm going to go wash up, and then we'll take a break. Uh, it's uh, 1045 and 31 degrees in the Twin Cities, the real estate show. We'll be back with your questions Real estate related in just a moment. Heading for 39 degrees today. Right now, 31. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show. If you happen to have a question related to real estate, call us, 651-989-9226. Or send a text, and we've got a bunch of those guys, 81807. Here's one that came in just a bit ago. Hi, guys. Love the show. I learned so much from all of you and your guests. My question is, I just received my 2019 valuation notice for my taxes payable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is the estimated market value the price at what my house could be listed for, or is it a starting point to determine the selling price of my home? It's an Edina property, walking distance to three schools, half-acre lot, great neighborhood, too. I think there's three types of value. There's there's an assessed value. That's what that is. It's Mm -hmm. a tax market value. There's an appraised value, and then there's a market value. Mm -hmm. And... The, the assessed value, it's a gauge, but in no way does it determine what your price of your home is. Now, back in the 70s when my mom and dad were selling, I mean, I, I always told them, how do you price houses? He goes, well, whatever the market value tax thing says, it's 10% higher. That's what it is, mm-hmm. you know, but not no more. I mean, we see them all over the place. Well, they use, te- they use that value strictly as a tool to decide how much of the tax burden you should pay. What's your share of the tax burden is what it really is for. So they could be off by a little bit. They could be – that's just how they gauge it. So they – like we've said this before, if the city has a $40 million budget and they have, you know, so many uh, citizens there that are taxpayers, they spread that out over based on values. And so that there's some paying more, some are paying less based on value. So um, that, that's – it's it's really that simple. In the old days, they used to say, oh, don't do this or don't add a concrete. You know, it'll add it, – it's not based on that anymore. Those are Those are like assessments where they'll come in and put a new street in or a new sewer line or whatever. That's different than your taxes. Yeah, and when it, people use it on you in negotiating, so all of a sudden they say, you know, your house is a million dollars and you're assessed at six fifty. They're, they'll say, you know what, I only want to pay you nine fifty because, I mean, look at the assessed value. It's only that. That's a good thing. The taxes are lower. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. people try to use it against you. But on the opposite, a seller might do it. Hey, if your house, your assessed value or your market value is lower than your tax assessed value, then they're going to say, well, look at what it's, you know, you're getting such a great deal. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of play around with it, but it's not gauged on value. For sure. There's a text that says, what should you do with the outside of the house and yard when selling in the winter and spring months? I know you've talked about that before. Absolutely. I tell you, I mean, staging isn't uh, relegated just to inside. I mean, that front stoop or that porch is a big part of what you do, too. Yeah. The the front door, they say, is just one of the biggest things from a curb appeal standpoint, just making sure your front door looks great. Um, 
a lot of times people have really overgrown um, trees or shrubs. Those need to be trimmed. Um, nothing should be impeding any sidewalks. Um, and, you know, does your mailbox look good? You know, all those things when someone's pulling up. And what's interesting is when someone's coming to look at your house, they're they're not going to come in through the garage. They're going to come in through the front door. And most people don't come through their front door. So it's a good way to pretend you're a buyer, go out to the street, pretend like you're coming in, and use that front door and just look at what are they going to notice because they're making their assessment on that very quickly when they come in that house. Other things are keep the sidewalk uh, shoveled. Yep. You know, and if you have a bunch of salt there, don't leave that salt just laying on there. you got to sweep that stuff off. You know, that those are the things that are the difference because people don't just go look at one house. Mm-hmm. They're looking at all the other ones. And when they're walking up and they see that snow's falling into the into that sidewalk and there's, you know, salt kind of left over and little chunks of ice and stuff like that, they're thinking, mm-hmm. well, geez, I bet you any money they didn't clo- or clean their range. Right. They come up with the craziest things. I bet you their carpet's destroyed. It's a first impression. And yeah. so what you're doing is they're using their instincts to make their first impression. So they walk up and they slip on the walk. It's going to show. It's going to throw off that whole showing. Uh, I always say the other thing that's important, you know, uh, Chris, is when you're looking at that front door, how many people just throw you that front door key and go, I think this is the one, and they never even know if it works or not because they've never gone totally. through that door. Yep. Get out there. Grease that thing up. Make sure that front door key is smooth as butter. And, you know, so when they're coming in that house, it, it just sets the tone from the, the key box. Make sure you put a nice lockbox on there, too. That's the other thing. Some of these houses have disgusting lockboxes. I don't even want to touch them when you're trying to get the numbers in there, and then they don't work right. And it's I'm telling you, it, I will joke with my totally. buyer about saying, oh, geez, you know, and <laughs> about the lockbox. It sets the tone, and, and you want that person to be on your side. Wow, nice lockbox. Wow, smooth door. This is great. Boy, it smells nice when you walk in. Look at all these beautiful colors and spaces and, you know, and all that fun stuff. So, that that is that first impression that you you don't get to you know ever do again. Um, you yeah. know, Karen, we didn't uh, we didn't really get to. I mean, a consultation is two hundred and fifty dollars. How much to be able to get some furniture in there, and what is it monthly, and all that kind of fun stuff? Okay, so kind of a uh, kind of a general um, estimate of by the room, uh, somewhere in the two to four hundred dollars per room per month is is probably typical. Uh, depends on depends on the space and how much how much is in that room. And that that's fully furnished, decorated, accessorized. Correct. Yeah, that would be everything. All you know, all furniture, all accessories, all lamps, rugs, mm-hmm. and um, you know. So for a vacant home, um, that's that's easy when you can bring all of the you know furniture in. But um, you know, but if you are just going to have the other you know the other type is where someone just comes in to to help you with what you have in place. So if you're mm-hmm. living there. Um, a stager could just come in and just work with what you have and kind of restyle what you have. And that um, that's usually some sort of an hourly rate. How about like hardware and like inside cabinets and drawers? Okay. I mean, staging those too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's kind of like all these impressions that people are making. If If your closets and your drawers are a mess – you probably haven't been keeping up your house. You know, it's, it's all these impressions that are, people are forming the entire time they're, they're going through, and they are opening the cupboards. They are opening these different pieces. So having that be as orderly as possible is really important. And, and if you're, it'd be just good to get a dumpster and just get rid of some things or, you know, donate things prior to, prior to them starting. Yeah, and people, people aren't going to go into your dresser drawers and start opening things like that, but they're going to go into the kitchen and do that. And I'll tell you, you open up a cabinet and everything falls on top of you. <laughs> I mean, there's places like that or in pantries. It's stuff full. I mean, those got to be staged because people are looking at that. And and that's one of my favorite features too. with new construction is having those self-closed drawers and, and, and doors. 
th- those kind of fun features like that, people go, ooh. You know, that's those little wow factor things yeah. that people will remember. So, you know, you're updating your hardware and your cabinets. Maybe that's part of that, you know, upgrade that you do is you, you put in the, the improved hardware. Tell you what, we have a caller uh, calling in from Hopkins. Elaine, I believe, is on the line. Elaine, thanks for waiting. How can we help you? Can you hear me all right? Yes. Oh, okay. My son and daughter-in-law want to be pre-approved for a mortgage, and the question that they're wondering about is, are you? how do you get pre-approved, and are you obligated by that lender to use them, or can you get pre-approved by more than one lender, or what, what is that process? Yeah, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, every time you pull a credit report, when you get approved, you have to pull up credit. And uh, and then people say, well, if I'm going to shop lenders and I pull it up six times, well, now I'm going to have a bad credit. And that's not true. That you you can you can shop um, lenders. They understand that. So yeah, getting approved with one person. Um, I mean, it's smart to kind of be able to find out. And if you want to try to shop it around, you certainly can. Andy. Yeah, I always recommend that you hit it hard the first. You know, I think it's 14 days. So if you're going to Shop lenders, hit three of them, get your packets put together, get all the uh, the appropriate forms and things that they need, tax returns, and then you hit three quick, you shop, shop them side by side. But a lot of times, you know, what happens is they intentionally know you're doing that, so they make it confusing. So what you want to do is I always say, how much do I have to put into the transaction? What's my payment? Keep it simple on that level, and then you can shop them side by side. Karen, people are out there looking maybe to sell in six months, maybe next year. It's a perfect time in which to get a hold of you. Exactly. Um and how do they do that? Uh, oh, my contact information? Sure. Um, so we're showhomesminneapolis.com, and uh, our phone number and all, all that spelled is out, there. showhomesminneapolis.com. Yep. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's Karen Galler, and they do, a, they do a fantastic job. And like I said, mm-hmm. they go from, I mean, just the consultation all the way to completely filling your home up if you want it and renting the furniture to you monthly. So, How do we get in touch with you guys individually? Individually? Ooh. I like to say, Andy's, it's prasky.com. Here's Chris's personal cell phone number. Oh, no, okay. uh, yeah, Prasky.com, ChrisRooney.com. You know, the thing um, I was going to say, too, is if you've missed the show in the past on Facebook, we're actually putting the old podcast on there, too. So if All you right. miss something, you want to catch it again. We're, we're starting to post that again for you. And our website is WCCRadio.com. That's all brand new now. So we have to leave. Sweet. We hope you guys come Thanks, back Terry. again. Uh, thank you. Come back again next week with more real estate. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t